Hello and welcome to tonight's workshop. This workshop is brought to you by Pathfinder and Pathfinder is the extracurricular program for incoming first and second year Northeastern students. And we provide a safe and inclusive environment for students to discuss and pursue their passions. If you haven't already joined Pathfinder, then there'll be a link to that on our website along with links to moderator applications if you're a third, fourth, or fifth year student who wants to participate. Um, and also on our website, you'll find some more information about the program. You can also find out more about the workshops that we have coming up. And I guess I will pass it over to you guys for our workshop on ideation. Thank you so much. And hey, everyone. Uh, welcome to the very first Pathfinder workshop hosted by the Entrepreneur Club this semester. My name is Rachna Lewis, and I am one of the co-directors of last semester's Husky Startup Challenge along with Nicole Danujaya, and we will be leading today's workshop on ideation. So just prepare yourself to see our beautiful faces for another hour. Awesome, so let's get started. I'm Nicole, the other workshop host today, and we're gonna be covering a ton of things about learning ideation, which is the creative process of generating and communicating new ideas. And it's really the foundation of entrepreneurship. And as you'll see today, it's much more involved than a light bulb popping up above your head. It's way more than that. So we'll be teaching about various ideation strategies to help you find and define problems. So having a clearly defined problem is really necessary to further narrow down your target market and also help you identify potential customers for whatever venture or business you're trying to start in the future. So we'll also cover how to formulate a solid problem statement. And this is going to be a super necessary tool, whether you have an idea or not. And finally, at the end, we'll be also talking about the importance of validating opportunities within the market and maybe even end with a fun activity to put all this knowledge to use. First, let's start off with just a bit about our organization, which is the Entrepreneurs Club. Um, our mission is to educate, inspire, and empower Northeastern student innovators, leaders, and founders. And eClub is for students like you who decided to watch today's workshop and have a desire to learn about innovation and entrepreneurship outside of the classroom. And for those that don't already know, eClub is one of the largest organizations on campus with over 1,000 members. We host more than 40 events each semester across our four programs. And just to give you a little idea of what those programs are, we have a Tuesday speaker series, which as it sounds, where we host founders and CEOs to answer questions and lend advice to students. We also have Engage, which hosts bi-weekly workshops on topics across industries. We have the Ambassadors Program, which is a community-oriented self-development program. And last but not least, there's the Husky Startup Challenge. And the Husky Startup Challenge is where me and Roshna last semester were directly involved running it as co-directors. So it's basically a semester-long venture incubator and startup pitch competition. And Obviously, you don't have to have any background to participate. Anyone at Northeastern who's currently a student can be part of it for a semester-long program. 
And over the course of eight to nine boot camps, we basically teach Northeastern students how to find an idea and build it into a business. And you'll also be able to work one-on-one -on -one with a mentor, as well as with our incredible community of driven entrepreneurs. So today we're going to be covering our ideation boot camp, and hopefully you guys will be able to have a taste of what it is to be an HSC participant. And just to give you an update, we've had a quite a lot of successful Northeastern founded, founded startups that have come out of HSC in our recent past. And so some of them are Eat Your Coffee, ScholarJet, BusWrite, and many more. And actually recently, we've had the founder of Rooted Living, who was a participant and first place winner of HSC last semester, and she actually just founded her crowdfunding campaign today and has accumulated over $2,000 in funding in a day. Yeah, so very impressive on that front. Um, without further ado though, let's dive in today's co content starting with finding problems. And even if you have an idea, let's say for an app you wanna build or a business you wanna launch, it is critical that you first gain a concrete understanding of the problem you're trying to solve in order to increase your chances of success. If you don't have an idea yet, we're gonna go through how to find that problem for yourself to try and solve, and then start thinking up ways to solve it. So the first thing we wanna emphasize is how to ask good questions. And this is really all about curiosity. And it may seem super apparent, but asking good questions is the most vital skill you can have when trying to determine what problem you should solve. So asking good questions is all about figuring how to get to the root of a problem, then thinking about the symptoms or effects of that problem. So just to review some example questions that you could ask when thinking about a certain task could be, why does this take so long? Um, so say you're, you know, waiting to get called in for an appointment at your doctor's office and you are perfectly on time, but it takes an hour or so, which always happens to me, you can ask yourself, why is this taking so long? Another question you could ask is, why does this cost so much? Um, so a problem I bet a lot of you renting in Boston have faced or going to college in the US, you know, are these straightforward problems or could these be a symptom of something deeper? And finally, another great pro question to ask is, can I cut out a middleman? Um, and a good question, and a good example of this problem could be Warby Parker, um, who actually revolutionized the glasses industry by significantly reducing the cost of glasses. And the way they did this is by cutting out those middlemen producer companies and actually becoming their own producer. So being a Warby Parker in that sense and not having a middleman is a really great way of thinking of different problems to solve. All right, and next is ideation opportunities. And so the first one is alertness, which is in simplest sense, it's really being alert to the problems you're experiencing or the problems around you. And a great way to practice this is to just have even like a note on your phone that keeps track of various pain points you might have or notice in your day-to-day -day life. And this really helps you keep track of ideas. And in essence, this is also the basis of an ideation journal where you can really build up whatever thoughts you're having and store them to hopefully come up with an idea one day. 
Alertness is one of the most useful ideation strategies, in my opinion, um, and I think it's a way that a lot of people going through HSC come to their ideas um, by just like thinking up problems that they face, you know, waiting so long in a Rebecca's line or, you know, waiting out in the snow for too long. Uh, it's kind of just different things they see every day. Another ideation strategy is systematic search, which is actually determining areas of interest that you have and then searching for problems in those specific areas. So we have a worksheet for you guys and this is about systematic search and this is just a really good walkthrough for just how you should approach finding solutions for ideation. And so we can take a really simple example that we've all really experienced. So let's say an everyday, everyday routine like cooking or something. And we can fill this out by just answering the questions. Like, what do you know about, you know, cooking? And if you like eating, but people tell you that you make a lot of mess in the kitchen after you cook or eat, then part of the biggest part of this is just being able to have time to clean up as well as just consistently do that over and over again for future meals. And Another question that you could ask to other people who may be busier is how do they have time to clean their kitchens and maybe even ask what they would need to alleviate their problems related to cooking or eating. And another way to try and find problems is by looking into specific industries and learning about what the main problems being solved in those industries are. So different ways you could do that are you know, reading articles in Business Insider about that specific industry or talking to experts that you know in those fields. So last year, actually, I think one of the winners of HSC was looking specifically into the fashion industry. And that's how they kind of came to their idea. Uh, and this year, as we mentioned, Rooted Living was looking at the food industry. Um, so that's how, how they kind of combine different things to come to their, you know, final end um, idea. You know, with everything going on with COVID and the stock market, um, you know, in politics, these are rapidly changing. So it's really important to read up about these and have the most current information. And this goes hand in hand with that as well. Identifying big societal problems is a great way to find something you might want to address with actual impact. So when you think about big societal problems, you're really thinking about things that affect people on a, a massive scale. So let's say like homelessness, climate change, or inequalities in society. Any of those are really just big problems that could have solutions or that could need solutions that you could possibly come up with. Yeah. and. One of the most pressing ones right now is most definitely, you know, global warming and climate change. And in fact, this is actually the problem that Ethan Brown, the founder of Beyond Meat, aimed to tackle with his company by producing a plant-based meat alternative. And this quote from him reads, quote, I started to look at the role livestock played in climate and was dumbfounded to find that it was bigger than energies. You know, so looking at this larger societal problem led him to an extremely profitable business opportunity that addressed something that he was passionate about solving. So yeah, looking at larger societal problems is a very good way to start that ideation process.
And once you've looked at problems, next is to define your problems. And this is really the crux of ideation and finding opportunity. So once you've really hammered down what you're trying to tackle for a pot potential solution, now we're really going to try to define the problem. So if you already have an idea in mind and started working towards it, take a thousand steps back because today we really wanna hammer home the big picture. And that's really all about why is your problem so important and really making sure that you empathize with your customer from the perspective of the problem, not the solution. Yeah, as Michael said, you know, solving a symptom or a consequence of the larger problem may not be as effective as tackling the root problem directly. You know, there's a big difference between, say, trying to cut down a tree from its base versus just cutting off little branches of the tree. One is clearly more effective and efficient than the other. And the five whys method is actually a very popular way to get at the root of the problem. Um, and I'll just go through an example to tell you how to go through the five whys. So consider a situation in which a patient is late to the operating room. Ask, why is that? Well, maybe the trolley that transported the patient took a while to get to the operating room. Why? Well, a replacement trolley had to be found. Why? Because the original one broke. Ask again, why? You hear that the trolley wasn't checked regularly for repairs. And why is that? Finally, the hospital doesn't have a maintenance schedule. That could be your root problem. And it's the one that could, you could actually address to alleviate these numerous other symptoms. So as you can see, you know, asking good questions and repeatedly asking why will give you a great chance of finding the real problem that you should aim to solve. And a major part of defining your problem is coming up with a problem statement. This is basically a concise description of what problem you've identified. And a good problem statement effectively communicates the problem without needing prior context. And within its own entity, it's in essence, an explanation of an area that has gone wrong. So we're gonna run through some real world examples of, you know, to teach you how to make a problem statement. So we'll start off with a pretty well-known company. I know a lot of you are sitting in, in your houses during quarantine. Um, so we'll go through Netflix, which as you know, is a video streaming and subscription service that offers hundreds of thousands of movies and TV shows at one low monthly price. So, um, you know, a problem statement for Netflix could be that renting physical movies is time consuming and is a hassle for people with busy schedules. Or going to the video store requires fighting traffic, wandering the aisles, and waiting in long, long lines just to get a single movie. So these are two potential problem statements and they effectively address the problem that Netflix aims to solve without lending themselves towards the solution of a video streaming service. You notice that none of those words, nothing that talked about what Netflix was is included in that problem statement. It should really be about what they're trying to address. Um, so going into another example, we can look at say the Philips Hue Bluetooth bulb. 
And this is a smart light bulb that changes color with um, an app on your phone or with voice control uh, in your room. And a potential problem statement for this might be, you know, plain lighting in a room is boring, can hurt people's eyes, and cannot reflect the mood of the room. So again, those key features of, um, they didn't talk about color changing light bulbs, they didn't say different features about the product, it was solely the problems that that light bulb was trying to address. And these are problems that could have a lot of different solutions. Um, and Philips is just one way of tackling that sort of problem. Um, our final example is actually GoPro. Um, and GoPro is a, you know, action adventure camera that you can strap to your forehead. You can take it underwater. And some of the key areas that GoPro addresses are managing, editing, and sharing content very easily. However, the problem statement for GoPro might not be something that you come to very easily. Um, so a potential problem statement could be that people want to record their experiences, but they also want to live in the moment. And nothing about GoPro is, is you know, mentioned in that problem statement. It's talking more about a specific issue that people face and that could have a lot of different solutions like the Snapchat um, glasses that they were trying to sell, which, you know, you can wear glasses and take a picture with those. That is another solution to this same problem statement of wanting to record your experiences, but also wanting to live in the moment. Um, so those are just a few examples of how to make a good problem statement. And you'll notice in each of those problem statements, there was a pretty similar pattern that each one each of those had, which basically is kind of like a user needs some sort of need in order to accomplish some sort of goal. And it doesn't have to be that exact formula, but that's just a really good way to show exactly what purpose your problem statement serves. And your problem statement should try to outline the problem and how you want to solve it. And as Rajna said, it should have nothing to do with the solution itself. So this problem statement should be simple and concise, as well as clear and actionable. And you also wanna make sure that your problem statement isn't too vague, which can lead to unmanageable or unclear expectations for your service or idea. So we'll shift gears a little bit away from problem statements and defining and finding problems into pursuing opportunities as a whole. Um, and many people think that, you know, the opportunity timeline, in a sense, is this linear process. Um, and I know that that's kind of how the HSC curriculum looks like it's structured, where the steps you take to pursue opportunities are um, you know, in this fashion of you ideate and then you find your target market, you discover customers and you think through things in this in linear way. But in fact, in reality, in order to actually validate these opportunities and make sure that they're things that are worth solving, you will need to constantly validate at each step of the way as you're pursuing opportunities. And this is a good way and used kind of as a sanity check for your problem solving process. So this is a better idea of like what it should look like when you're both going through the HSC curriculum and just thinking of ideas to pursue on your own. 
it should be ideation. And then you validate right afterwards, um, you know, what that problem is. Make sure that it's a valid problem and make sure the, um, you know, ideas or uh, solutions that you're coming up with are also valid. Um, and from there, target market, et cetera, et cetera, should always be validated. And part of this um, validation and part of evaluating opportunities is researching your problem. So talking more about quantifying your problem, a big, big part of that is to research, research, research. At this point, you wanna make sure that you evaluate the opportunities associated with your problem statement. And you know, the number one reason why startups fail is because their product has a lack of market need. They didn't do enough research into that market and they, they didn't even know that it's not necessary. Um, so no one will really buy into it. And even if you have the greatest idea in the world, your idea cannot be successful if it doesn't have any customers. Uh, so this type of research for researching the problem, it involves understanding your market that the problem exists in and asking questions such as how many potential users are there? How significant is this problem for your users? Is there a specific group of people who are affected the most? Is this a real problem or more of a minor one? Is it non-essential bother for these users? But we will open up the floor um, for questions if anyone has, you know, things to ask us about ideation or about the Entrepreneurs Club, more than happy to answer that. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, I have learned quite a lot and I thought I knew what ideation was, um, but from the entrepreneurial perspective, this is really an interesting process. Um, so I... I'm a design major. Tandiwan and I are both in Candy. Um, and I'd love to learn a little bit more about your background since Pathfinder focuses on younger students um, new, to, new to university. Um, so if you, if you wanna just tell us a little bit more about um, maybe what major you started out, if you've changed um, and yeah, what your, what your first few years in, in university might've looked like. Yeah, I can start off. Um, so, hi, I, I'm currently a third year and I'm majoring in computer science and business. I actually came in to Northeastern pretty confident that I wanted to study computer science, but I guess I was tempted by the idea of possibly having a combined major to really learn about other fields and have like a very interdisciplinary just major and background. So yeah, I ended up switching from CS to CS in business. And I think it has been very interesting over the past few years to work on very technical, I guess, classes, but also being able to still present in class as well as work in big groups to come up with ideas. And I think one of my classes last year, I think spring of last year, was a pretty exciting class where we actually built a, I guess, semester long startup from an idea. And we actually had to come up with a prototype for that. So it kind of inspired me to, I guess, do a trial run of HSC before actually directing the next semester. So yeah, I think my experiences so far have been pretty interesting and very diverse. So has been nice yeah yeah and what's the name of that class sorry to cut you off Ashley. 
Oh yeah, um, it's an entrepreneurship class. It's called Lean Design. And yeah, it's with Professor Stephen Golding normally. Yeah, on the same note of that class, I was just about to say, um, I was about to take that, uh, I think it was a dialogue in the in the summer and it got turned virtual. So I ended up, you know, deciding to possibly take it when it's not virtual anymore. Um, but I also am really interested. Yeah, Stephen Golden was actually one of our judges for last semester's um, demo day for the Husky Startup Challenge. So really great professor here on campus. Um, but about myself personally, I'm a second year, also a computer science major and a psychology minor. Uh, and I started off as a combined major. So I was both CS and cognitive psych. Um, and I decided to drop psych to a minor just because I know that I wanna have a more technical focus in the stuff that I do. Like I'm still very interested in psych um, but I wanted to take some of those like higher level classes. So that was more just influenced by, I think, talking to older kids in that same major. Um, but specifically in entrepreneurship, I think it was a really interesting um, field for me and like surprised my entire family that I got so interested in it when I came to Northeastern. Um, and I joined more because my brother, when he was in college, had done some sort of, um, you know, startup challenge type thing. Like he worked on a startup uh, and he ended up really liking it. So he said, if you go to college, like find the startup challenge and just like do it because it, it'll be a lot of fun. Um, and so I ended up um, doing it my first semester here and I founded a, like three selfie printing business with one of my friends. Um, it did end up kind of dying out because of Corona, um, but we got to like pitch at demo day in person. It was really crazy. Uh, and then from there, I became associate director of HSC that next semester. And then the semester following that, I was the director. Um, so it's it's been definitely just a huge like learning process for myself. Um, and the fact that I can now like talk about all of these things is really crazy to me. Um, and, you know, definitely I want to do something technical, at least for the first few years out of college. But I do see myself like definitely wanting to learn more about business and possibly like starting my own business or working closely on a startup just like a few years out of college. Because I, I love entrepreneurship and I love um, the the entire space and my potential in just like being self-driven. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a little background on me. Wow. Thanks for sharing. That's so awesome. Um, and I love how you like started right when you um, started university and then we're able to like, wow, that's very, very cool. Um, and I'm so glad you got that opportunity. Um, and I was also, so another focus of our program is, on experiential learning. Um, and we, we hope that folks from Pathfinder will choose to um, participate in Entrepreneurs Club and other Mosaic organizations. Um, so if you guys could just speak a little bit more about experiential learning and how that is incorporated in Mosaic, since it's not a co-op, it's not a study abroad, but it is very experiential as I'm sure you you both know. So um, either one of you or both of you could um, speak to that. Yeah, I feel like Nicole can talk a little more about um, 
Generate because she was on the Generate team for I think like a few years or was it just a few semesters? Um, yeah, do you want to talk a little bit about Generate? Oh yeah, sure. So I was part of Generate I think for about a year and I got into it because I was I guess applying to co-op and I was kind of in the phase of like a hackathon craze, I think at that point. So I really wanted, I guess, to apply what I learned to a school club because I know for me, it was definitely a feeling of, I wasn't sure if I knew enough to contribute to a club. So I, I kind of like convinced myself eventually that I should just jump into it and just learn as much as I can. And I think that really helped because when I stepped into Generate, I was able to really work in a team and build a project, which actually our project was one of the Husky Startup Challenge um, finalists, I think, Mentor Match. And so it got me really connected to other orgs as well because I joined Generate and I was able to find out more about HSC and potentially joining eClub. And yeah, from there, I, I kind of realized that you, the hardest part is just jumping in. And once you, I guess, once you've tried it out, you end up really liking the people, the experiences, and you learn a lot. So yeah, I guess that would be like my little takeaway, but definitely really liked how Generate has a strong pipeline from HSC and also IDEA, which is another Mosaic org. And yeah, you're not only just working towards like entrepreneurship, you're able to like, go from creating an idea to making the idea. And I think that's really awesome from like a CS perspective or even just like a business perspective, you're really like creating something and making it happen. So yeah, it's definitely a huge part of Northeastern to have experiential learning and apply what you know to something real, so yeah. Um, Tandy, why did you want to add any additional questions to our little interview? Um, I guess if you guys could speak a little bit more about how you like heard about eClub or Generate, if that was the first one you joined, or just like Mosaic in general. Sure, yeah, yeah, I can hop in there. Um, and I think just one thing I wanted to add to Nicole's is I know we really like to talk about Mosaic um, and eClub, like working together as like e-club is the top of the funnel. Um, I know Neil uses that analogy a lot. Neil is the, the president of e-club right now. Um, but we're kind of one of the main programs where people first get introduced to Mosaic. And from there, they like, they learn about a lot of the other clubs like Generate and Scout, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think that also has a lot to do with the way that the Husky Startup Challenge in particular is structured, but also, you know, it's really easy to get involved with our other programs. Like the Tuesday speaker series is something where you can kind of just, just hop on the call, you register, um, and you get to ask questions to people like the CEO of Staples um, and, you know, the, the founder of DraftKings and all of these insane, um, you know, founders and CEOs that have so much good advice for us. Um, Wayne Chang, Wayne Chang was on one of our, um, calls, like some, some in amazing entrepreneurs, amazing, um, you know, founders, Robin Chase, um, as well. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of all of the, the great names, but 
that was probably one of the, the easiest ways and the, the first ways that people like get introduced to this idea of like entrepreneurship. Um, and then from there, you know, engage workshops, you can also just kind of like hop into those. I think um, with the Husky Startup Challenge in particular, I mean, I found out about it because we do a lot of marketing. Um, and so when I was like walking around campus, I would just see the posters everywhere on campus. And I eventually was like, okay, like I'll do it. <laughs> I get it, like I'll do it. Um, but I'm so happy that I did. Um, and in this virtual setting, it's harder to keep that up. But, um, you know, I think we've definitely done a good job, like getting our, getting our name out there. Um, and yeah, and, and after the Husky Startup Challenge as well, if you go through the program, um, we highly encourage everyone who goes through um, from knowing basically nothing to having like a good, you know, background of their idea of the solution they're trying to um, pursue of like what a prototype of their solution could look like, et cetera, um, and taking that into Generate and Scout and like all of these other mosaic orgs. Um, so we definitely try to funnel them into the rest of, of um, the programs and idea as well. Yeah, for sure. Like, just to add on, I think eClub is a pretty big presence at Northeastern for sure. I think the hardest part was to, I guess, know when the right time was to join. And I guess the cheesy answer is it's now. I think, yeah, like kind of what I said earlier, it's really easy to I guess be psyched out, maybe you don't have a friend in the club or you're not sure like if this is a right fit. But I think one of the bright sides of being virtual is it's really easy to just hop in and out, try something new. If you don't like it, you can just hop out. There's really a minimal risk here. And I think Mosaic is a really good place to just start and really explore your interests. So if you're not really sure if you like want to start a startup, but you're you're maybe like interested in learning about entrepreneurship. I think like eClub is definitely a great place to start for that because we definitely do have a lot of different programs for some programs are I guess hands-on and others work more on like interdisciplinary skills or even just learning from other people like what Rashna said with like art Tuesday speaker series. So yeah. And if you're not even a big person in, I guess, entrepreneurship, there's definitely something out there for you. I think we have over 20 orgs in Mosaic, maybe over 15, but yeah, there's definitely a huge network and a lot of the clubs do work with each other. So sometimes they'll even overlap and you can kind of see how industries work in that way. Just sometimes you work with things that you didn't think could work together, but yeah. Um, I guess we can end on like, what would you wish you had known like coming in your first year? Like, what would you say to your freshman self um, that you wish you had known? I can go first, I think. <laughs> That's a good I question. Like, I feel like I'm closer to my freshman self right now. <laughs> <laughs> True, but yeah, like for me, I think the first thing I would say is like, join a club, like, because again, I didn't really join any clubs until my second year. And I guess now I'm a third year, which is that like far off. 
but it, it was really just me feeling that I was just intimidated, intimidated by like what you see on the posters or all these brilliant people that I wasn't too sure if that could have been me. But I think we're really trying to like humanize it, just like we're really ordinary people with an interest. And I think when you, I guess, find a club, you're really just trying to find people with a specific interest maybe. So I, I guess like, yeah, just, join just just do it so that would be my advice for sure because it's one a great way to make new friends i think like sometimes especially maybe now like classes aren't really an easy way to make friends but clubs are like definitely different and i think like you should just try to join one and see if you like it yeah i i love that advice and I think that kind of inspired what I was going to say, which is, you know, I did join HSC right off the bat um, when I came to Northeastern, but I also feel like I didn't take advantage of that, like, networking opportunity or, like, opportunity to make friends and meet other people as much as I should have, um, because everyone... It was kind of the same thing where like, yes, I was in the Husky Startup Challenge and like I did become a finalist, but I felt like everyone else going through, like I was one of the two um, groups that were, um, you know, freshmen at the end. And I felt like even though they were, the rest were like second years, like they were not that much older than me. Um, but I did feel very much like intimidated. And I was like, oh my God, everyone else's ideas is so much cooler than mine, like whatever, whatever. Um, when in reality, I should have been like talking to everyone and meeting them and, and trying to, you know, like meet new people <laughs> at the school because I didn't know anyone here. Um, and that's something I did much more because I got like reached out to about like applying to the board, like people saw I had an interest, but also saw that I was like a little bit like reserved, a little bit shy. Um, and if they hadn't taken that step for me, I don't know if I would have. Um, so, you know, obviously at eClub, like, we try to reach out to people. We try to like help you take that first step, but that's a definitely good piece of advice that I wish I had had given myself, which is just like, you know, don't be intimidated by people in this club. Like they are students just like you. Um, and like, like Nicole was saying, like, we're all just like human beings. Um, so yeah, talking to more people, like networking with them, just learning about what they're doing and what they're up to is a very good way to, to go about like joining these clubs and stuff. Um, so through the newsletter, you can, you know, hear about all of our programs and also get job opportunities, get advice um, from us, read the articles that Nicole and I are producing this semester. They get sent out in the newsletters and they're on our Medium page. Um, so, yeah. That was so great. Um, thank you guys so much. This was like a wonderful presentation. You have so many awesome things to say. So we really liked working with you. Pathfinder meets every week for roundtable discussions. We also meet weekly for workshops just like this one. So check out our Google Calendar and join in next time. Thank you so much and have a great day.